a lot of people in the world today need hope. And we usually when we talk about hope, it's kind of an ethereal, detached kind of thing. It's something that is just, uh, you know, like a thing that you're, you know, living in anticipation of something happening, but no real assurance that it's going to. The world's getting so bad, we can't give up hope and that kind of thing. You know, it's, it's a sentiment we can understand, but it's one that um, outside of the Christian faith has no real tether. And that's why when we talk about hope as believers, we talk about it not in terms of something that we're not sure of or certain of is going to happen, but we speak about it as a certainty. We speak about it as uh, as a settled issue and not a matter of if, but just a matter of when. Uh, hope realized, hope fulfilled. These are things that we look forward to with the understanding that they will happen. It's just a matter of when. And of course, the when is something that is determined by God's purposes and plans being ultimately fulfilled, which again is something that as believers we have confidence in. Um, it's interesting to me, uh, we're about to finish, uh, it looks like we'll finish our study in the book of Revelation this Sunday morning. And the last thing that Jesus says to the world, really, to his church, certainly to believers, um, you know, reading these words, surely I am coming soon. Uh, two things there, I'm coming soon. Okay, three things really, I'm coming. He's going to return. He will accomplish that which he has said he will do, that which was previously described in the Revelation, not only that, but elsewhere in Scripture throughout. He will accomplish his purposes. He's also going to do it soon. And soon, once again, is a, a relative term. From our perspective, we wish it was already. But from his perspective, it's going to be right on time. And surely, I'm coming soon. Certainly, without question, the time is coming, and it will be soon in my time that I will fulfill that prayer that I've taught my disciples to pray, essentially. My kingdom will come, my will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is something we look forward to, uh, seeing him fulfill uh, completely. And again, we don't have to wonder if this is going to happen. Rather, we're just waiting to see when. And so this brings us a tremendous living hope in which we can live and persist to make our way through each day, to take on each new day that comes, recognizing that it brings us a day closer, not just purely mathematically, we know that's true, but the anticipation can build commensurate with that. As we recognize that we're getting closer and closer, our sense of excitement about these things increases more and more. Uh, even Paul would tell Timothy and reminding him of, uh, you know, this blessed hope of the appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, Titus 2.13, we look forward to this with great anticipation. Or we should, certainly, right? We talk about this a lot. It's not like all believers necessarily look with great anticipation at Christ's coming. Some are very, very attached to this world. But this, I think, becomes the, the great inspiration in the hopelessness of this world for the believer. Because we are further and further reminded and led further and further along that our hope is not in this world, that the things of this life really are fleeting away, that even as Jesus said, his kingdom was not of this world, uh, and, and the implication being that neither should ours be, right? We live in hope of what is yet to come. We look for a city whose builder and maker is God. We're not content to, uh, to set up camp here, as it were. The, the language in Hebrews would be that of, you know, um, choosing to live in tents rather than in sort of these cities made by, you know, as part of this world. Um, you know, coming back to what Jesus himself said, if his kingdom was of this world, the servants would come and fight for him, but it's not. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us in Revelation 11 that the kingdoms of this world 
have become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. That great rally and cry of truth uh, in the book of Revelation that becomes all the more evidently true as, as, as in that day they will stand on the cusp of Christ's return to establish his kingdom. So these are depressing times on many fronts, clearly. We look at what's going around economically, politically, socially, all these different areas. Um, you know, even from a technological standpoint, it seems like we move uh, day by day by day into more of a dystopian kind of a direction where, uh, where, where life is sort of being sucked dry of its meaning as relationships are being redefined, as, uh, as, as socially we're being separated more and more. And um, it just, this world has got nothing for us. This world has got nothing for us. But the world that we're living for, the one yet to come, got everything for us and so we do live each day we go to work we spend time with our families we see our friends we we do things in this world and in this life but there's always this this beautiful sense of the breaking forth of the fulfilling of God's Word that is just around the corner and we don't know exactly when but we do know with certainty surely he is coming soon and so my encouragement this morning, just in taking a minute, is just to encourage you to keep your eyes lifted to the heavens. Keep your heart in that place of anticipation and touch lightly the things of this world. Uh, it was said of uh, Pascal that, um, that when those would challenge him regarding his faith in Christ, uh, they thought that his, his view of his faith was a simplistic one. Better to be a Christian than not to be one just in case. But the truth of the matter is, is that it was much deeper than that. His thought was simply this. The atheist, the non-believer says, well, you should really live for yourself and just do that which makes yourself happy. This is really the chief end, not to live for some pie in the sky idea of a God and a heaven and all this kind of stuff that doesn't even exist in their minds, but rather do what makes you happy. And Pascal's response to that essentially was, well, being a Christian makes me happy. He found his fulfillment in those things more so than anything that this world had to offer. So therefore, he was satisfying the requirement of the atheist or the goal of the atheist in doing what made him happy. But the difference was is that if it turned out that you know, there was no heaven to be gained, there was no God, there was no uh, anything about life beyond the grave or anything like that, then he hadn't really lost anything because he was doing that which made him happy. But if on the other hand, there is a God, there is a heaven, there is a hell, there is a life beyond the grave and such, there is a judgment then the one who has rejected those things has ultimately lost everything. As Christians, I think we need to not just be Christians because we're afraid that if we're not and we're wrong, we'll go to hell. I think that's a very base reason to follow Jesus, just for fire insurance, essentially. But instead, we follow Jesus because it's what we love to do. Because when we go to heaven, we're not going to be enamored with the streets of gold. We're not going to be... Um, you know, we'll enjoy the rewards that are promised. That's beautiful and wonderful. But really the greatest of all rewards is that he's there, that we'll be with him. In Revelation uh, 21, we saw where this wonderful cry of the tabernacle of God is with men and he will be their God, they will be his people. This idea of the, the proximity element of our relationship with God, something we've never experienced in its fullest sense, like we will that day, will be fully realized in that day when the redemption reaches its, its apex, when we're finally received home into the presence of the God that we've been worshiping from afar. We know he's everywhere, but in, in reality, when we worship, we might feel close to him, but in that day we'll be close to him. 
That's what makes heaven heaven. And that is what infuses our lives with joy. Uh, it, it bolsters our anticipation. As we spoke about last Sunday, it's exactly like a bride and a bridegroom longing to be together. This is what a Christian is invited to experience and enjoy. And so, yes, we live in a, in a world that is increasingly falling apart. The world thinks it's going to be moving in a direction where it gets better and better and it becomes utopian and all those kinds of things. But at the end of the day, we know the end. We know that this world actually will stand in rebellion against, rebellion against Christ at his return and will ultimately be judged. But those who belong to him will live forever in his presence and we long for that day. So be living in the anticipation of that blessed hope of our coming and the glorious appearance of his coming, the glorious appearance of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Be living in the anticipation that surely he is coming soon and let your heart ring forth with the answer that John's did. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you and praise you for the hope that you've given us. What an explosive hope you have given us. One day we'll be fully realized. We'll see it. We'll see you. We'll experience all that you have created us to ultimately experience. Father, give, uh, let that be the impetus that helps us to press on one more day and one more day until it finally comes. Father, we are grateful that at the end of it all, there you stand at the end of the journey with arms open, ready to receive home those you've created to know you, to love you, and to spend eternity with you. We thank you that we're among that number, and we just look forward to that day. So, Father, restore our hope, kindle the fire and flame that you have placed within us, like Jeremiah, being surrounded by discouragement at every corner yet, and even some days feeling like giving up, but yet something within us just will not allow us to stop. We thank you, Lord, that you are the fire that fuels the passion that dwells within us to see you and to walk with you even today. So, Father, we love you, we thank you, we bless you, and we ask you to help us to press on, knowing that the day is soon coming. Come quickly, Lord Jesus, and it's in your name that we ask this. Amen.